Hey friends, it's Jana and Ashley. Welcome back to Season 3 of the Geek Girls Universe Podcast, your home for the latest entertainment and fandom news. Hey friends, it's Jana. Welcome back to the Geek Girls Universe. Today we are talking about the first MCU show of 2022 and the most highly anticipated one. Are you ready? Okay, it's Moon Knight, but you already knew that because it is time for everybody to meet the crazy, insane world of Mark Spector or Stephen Grant. I don't know. I don't even know who to tell you we're meeting because quite frankly, right now we only know we're meeting Mark and Stephen. It's possible we'll meet some more iterations of him because if you're familiar with the comics, you know that there might be a few more versions of Mark slash Stephen slash Khonshu, but we'll get into that. Anyway, the new MCU show, Moon Knight, uh, follows the life of Stephen Grant, who's a gift shopist. Um, he has some sleeping issues. His dreams are extremely realistic. However, fortunately for him, they're only his dreams. Or are they? Anyway, soon enough, you're going to find out that the lines between reality and his dreams are just a little bit blurred and poor Steven's world's going to get turned upside down. And I mean, turned upside down. But anyway, if you're new here and you haven't already, we would love if you subscribed to us and left us a rating on Apple podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening from, because it helps our podcast reach other geeks and the more the geekier, right? We also have a Facebook group, Geek Girls Universe. You don't need to be a girl to join only a geek. So let's get into the craziness, and I mean utter craziness, that is Mark slash Steven slash many episode other... Episode one of Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other identities in the comics, but episode one is what we're going to talk to you guys about today. Ashley's going to do a breakdown, but I think we're probably going to chat a little bit about, you know, the character in the comics too, because... If you don't know much about this, you're going to be possibly lost. And even if you do know a lot about it, I think you're going to be possibly lost. What do you think, <laughs> Ashley? I mean, there's so much. Wrong. It's so there's, good. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. And when you rewatch it, so Ugh. spoiler, not spoiler yes. in the terms of we're going to talk spoilers beyond episode one, but we have seen four episodes. Oh my so, gosh. And I cannot. Oh. Um, so we won't be talking any spoilers of the upcoming episodes because that's a huge no-no. Nope, nope, we would nope. never do that. But we would never get just to talk so to you, again. you know, yeah, we would never talk to you again. Um, <laughs> Marvel would take our lives. <laughs> We'd be locked up somewhere in an island, probably on yeah. the raft. Yeah, probably with Zemo. It's probably um, real. <laughs> But we, I will say that when you go back and rewatch, even just rewatching episode one, you're going to catch things each time you watch. So think WandaVision level craziness as far as, wow, I didn't notice that before. Or you just, it's a psychological thriller. It really is packed into the MCU show. So there's layers. Okay. I'm all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. There's lots and lots <laughs> of layers. So to this many show. layers. <laughs> and I love. I love that aspect and I love that it's kind of dark and gritty and I'm just like, oh, so here for it. And before we do your breakdown too, I just have to say, like, if you guys have never seen Oscar Isaac in anything, like legit, my husband was like, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. And I was like, well, you saw him in, you know, some Star Wars movies. And he was like, oh, I did. 
<laughs> insert the biggest Fair. eye roll you can possibly imagine here. And I get like maybe the movie itself wasn't memorable, but I was like, how did you, you know, fine, whatever. Maybe his role wasn't memorable, but I was like, I think you've seen some other things anyway. But Oscar Isaac is just a brilliant actor anyway. And so when you see him acting against himself in these roles, oh my you're gosh. just like, it's incredible. It has to be, I seen need to more. be truly appreciated. He's it really does. So good acting against himself. It, and he has I to do just, that a lot. Yes. It's so it's so good. Oh my gosh. Anyway, let's get to it. Okay. So the episode starts not with Steven, not with Mark, not even with Conchu, but with our villain, Arthur Harrow, played by Ethan Hawke. He's praying to the goddess Amit, who is the devourer of the dead in ancient Egyptian mythology. If you notice, there's a scale tattoo in his arm. The scales represent the scales that Anubis would use to judge people, uh, to like judge their deeds when they were alive. And if they were found unworthy, Amit would get to devour their hearts. Right before he walks out of this building that he's in, he smashes glass, he puts it into his shoes. And that seems a little weird, yes, but we all know cult leaders are not the most... I don't know, sensible people in the world anyway. <laughs> and also in the comics, Arthur Harrow is a Nobel Prize candidate for his work in pain theory. So it just kind of, again, there's that layer, right? He's a cult leader, so he's got to be a little crazy. And he's also kind of into pain theory. Why he has glass in his shoes, we don't know exactly why, but those are probably the best two places to start. Then Stephen wakes up. Everything seems pretty normal. He just wakes up. He's chained to his bed. Uh, there's sand around the bed that he checks for a footprint. He checks the tape on the door. These are all the things that we have seen in the trailers that we know he's doing to kind of keep track of himself, right? Because he thinks that he sleepwalks. You know, it's, it's like his body has to get in 10,000 steps a day is what he ends up saying later on in the episode. <laughs> it's a little more than that, Stephen, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he even checks on his one-finned fish named Gus. Not Nemo, but Gus. Poor little Gus. Only has one fin. It's okay, Gus. We're here for you. Um, he calls his mother and leaves her a message saying that he got her postcard. So now that's an interesting tidbit because in the comics, Mark Spector is the main um, owner of the body. Mm-hmm. And Steven is just a part of his personality disorder. He has dissociative personality disorder. So that's interesting. If Steven's calling somebody, he calls his mother, got a postcard from her. That would mean he has to be real too, right? Or is he the real one and Mark's not the real one? Don't know. <laughs> and who is that postcard addressed to? Hmm. Exactly. But we didn't see the postcard, so we don't know. Now at the museum, he shows up. He's chatting to one of the kids. His boss, Donna, is annoyed with him. She goes, look, you're not a tour guide. You're the gift shop dude. Get in there and sell some candy. No, I don't care that it doesn't relate to ancient Egyptian mythology at all. Just sell them some candy and make us some money. Somebody else shows up, another coworker. Apparently, they have a date. He is completely unaware of this. Oh, a date? At a steakhouse. He's a vegan. It's a little weird. You know, just saying. 
Steven then mentions to Donna that the marketing material for the Ennead is incorrect. So the Ennead in Egyptian mythology is a group of nine gods to believe, believed to be the most powerful and important who are worshipped at Hillopolis. Um, this, group's also, this group also exists in Marvel Comics, coming from, from a celestial place, a pocket dimension. Oh, and, you know, they've just had dealings with celestials, a.k.a. the people in the Eternals. And Odin and Wakanda, because Bast is one of them, right? So just, you know, little little breadcrumbs that tie it to the greater MCU without tying it to the greater MCU. Because I will say that this show could stand on its own without any MCU tie-ins. And they don't rely heavily on MCU tie-ins in this, at least from what we've seen. Right. There's no, like, Captain America poster, you know, Captain Marvel doesn't fly by, like, none of that. It also features no established characters, which is a first for any of the MCU shows. Just putting that out there. It's very exciting stuff. It's, yeah, it's very good. (laughs) So being the awkward, friendless guy that he is, poor Steven, he really is like a schmoopy. Like you're like, oh, babe, you're so cute and clueless and friendless. Oh, you're sad. He would need the buddy bench at school. For sure. <laughs> well, he kind of makes himself one, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He makes himself a buddy bench at with a golden living statue. So that's fun, right? Those people aren't supposed to move or talk. So Stephen can just rattle on about whatever. He literally tells him about everything. Oh, like I chained myself to my bed. I have a date that I didn't know about. But oh, I mean, that's a red flag, right? If a guy has to chain himself to his bed. And I was like, oh, my God, Stephen, stop talking. <laughs> Dude, just- you're not kidding. <laughs> I was like, I'm embarrassed for you, Steven. Please stop. But it's almost like those shows where you see people working stuff out when they're talking to someone who doesn't talk back. It was just, it was was comical. But that poor living statue was hearing a lot of drama. So after attempting to stay awake by, one, solving a Rubik's Cube, and two, studying the gods of Egypt, he awakes in a field just outside of a castle with a dislocated jaw that looked super painful. No idea how Stephen got there, but he hears this voice telling him, go back to sleep, worm. You're not supposed to be here. Surrender the body to Mark. That's a little off-putting for poor Stephen. Uh, for <laughs> us, though, that's our first intro of Khonshu, God of the Moon. He's an ally, sort of. In the comics, Mark Spector is a mercenary who was left for dead and taken inside the temple of Khonshu, who spares his life in return for Mark's services as his avatar. <laughs> So that's where the God of the Moon comes into play. He clearly does not like Steven and it gets, <laughs> it's kind of funny just because he's just so, he's so the, over Steven. The <laughs> triad of the three of them and like the interaction throughout the course of these episodes is kind of hilarious. It really is. And just constantly being like, oh my God, it's, you're like, it's like a bad love triangle. <laughs> He's like, you're an idiot. He calls him a worm. He just, he really hates Steven. That much is clear. <laughs> he threatens to kill Steven and Mark if Mark doesn't like take back over. Which, you know. Oh, well, Conchu, I mean, you picked Mark and you knew what was going on in his head. I'm just saying. That's on you, I, friend. I mean, he had a choice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, if the voice sounds kind of familiar, that's because it's F. Murray Abraham voicing him he's been in many shows and films including Amadeus Scarface and if you're a fan of Mythic Quest like me he's Longbottom 
which is awesome. Yes. <laughs> and also hilarious because I don't see him as like the god of the moon. I just see him as this like, uh, you know, washed up actor, writer, actually, that, you know, writes for a video game. But anyways, <laughs> uh, Steven finds a golden scarab. And then the men in the castle start to fire on him and he runs because, you know, how did he get here? Where is this golden scarab from? Like, what is happening in my life? You would freak out, too. Um, if that castle looks familiar, it should. It was a Hydra stronghold in What If Episode 1. Just saying. It might relate. You never know. I mean, Hydra might not be a big deal anymore, but that doesn't mean the castle isn't packed with bad guys. I mean, I feel, I feel like once a bad guy layer, always a bad guy layer. Just, you know, change leases. I don't know. He runs into the village. He tries to blend in. All the locals seem to be acting a little bit weird. That's because, guess what? They're Arthur Harrow's cult crew. And there he is, walking out. He's ready to judge people for Amit. He's like, we're going to have heaven on earth. You know, all the typical crazy occultist like lingo and catchphrases. That's that's what he's using here. The first man is deemed to be worthy to live and the scales are green. Then an elderly woman steps up and hers apparently go red and her soul is sucked from her body and she dies. That, of course, freaks Stephen out. Arthur's guard tells him about somebody had broken into the castle. Things went awry. People are dead. Arthur sees Stephen in the crowd and recognizes him, but he recognizes him as Mark. Stephen, of course, is like, what are you talking about? My name is Steven. I don't know. Do you want the scarab back here? Take the scarab. And it's either Mark or Conchu or both who's keeping him from actually handing this scarab over, which is a hilarious scene, by the way, with, again, Oscar does an amazing job where it's like his hand is possessed, but the rest of him is not. He's fighting himself to like let go of something. It's just his facial, his facial like expressions. It's just so funny. This like, scene was so doing. good. He's like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what I'm doing. I swear I'm trying to give it to you. He's like, maybe it's the altitude. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Stephen, <laughs> it's the altitude making your hands see. Okay. All right, Stephen. Well, he's surrounded by a bunch of bad guys. Stephen kind of blanks out. Things kind of skip forward a little bit. And all of a sudden he's Stephen again and he's covered with blood and there's a circle of bodies around him. <laughs> That's weird. I don't remember kicking these guys' butts, but I guess I did. So he escapes in a dessert truck. Once again, he's surrounded by enemies and being attacked. He blinks out again. He regains consciousness, and now he's holding a gun, and all the bad guys are dead. The window's shot out, and Stephen's just like, oh, my God, and, like, dropping the gun, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Conchu warns Mark that if Stephen loses this scarab, he will kill them both. Stephen blanks out again, and now he's driving backwards. Conchu is still super annoyed with him. Which like again, yelling at him. <laughs> he's hilarious. Like, Conchu, do it. Truck, you <laughs> idiot. Truck. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. This is so funny. All right. And then Stephen wakes up. He's in his room. He's chained to his bed. Oh, God, relief. Everything is a dream. <laughs> the dirt has been untouched the tape is still sealed like yeah he hasn't moved everything's good so he just you know gets his breakfast goes to talk to gus the fish um gus isn't the same fish though this gus no. has two fins 
What's up with that? I don't know. Apparently it regrew. I didn't know fish could do that, did you? I mean, I didn't either. And the woman at the pet shop rolls her eyes, mentions <laughs> Finding Nemo, <laughs> and reveals that Stephen was just in the store yesterday. And apparently he, she had already told him that. That fish don't just spontaneously <laughs> regrow their fins or lose their fins or any of that. Stephen's a little confused, but then he realizes he's late for his date. But he's like really late for his date because it was two <laughs> days ago. Lose my number. <laughs> yes. So that's, you know, that's weird. Poor Stephen. Two days gone. Also, I mean, can we just say the waiter? He was so rude. I was like, poor Stephen. Like, Oh, it doesn't look like she's showing up, huh? Like, I was like, wow, you are such a rude, jerky person to this poor, friendless guy whose date ditched him two days ago. I mean, you know, or he ditched two days ago. Like, however, semantics, right? But like, mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I don't know. I would never be that rude to somebody as a server in a restaurant when their date didn't show. Also, side note, a vegan ordering his the whole ordering of the steak so he decides like forget it like my Dead. life is in shamble i lost two days of my life i'm gonna eat a steak he doesn't <laughs> even know how to order bit. it no i want it good What's good the best but bit, good mate and i want it good <laughs> and i was like what does that guy's like mean? oh so i guess well done and he's like yeah <laughs> like, i it, can't even it legitimately reminded me and i think you were with me and the kids ordered like my daughter ordered a burger for the first time on her own and she yes. didn't realize that you have to tell them how to cook it. Yes. She was like, deer in headlights? What? <laughs> I just I just want a burger. <laughs> You're like, uh. Oh, so you and I both know like if you go to a restaurant and you're all like, I want the best steak you have. That steak is probably going to be more than the like, you know, $25 salad he was ordering at his cafe in London. I mean, that's going to be for like, real? I mean, legit could have walked out of there with like a $200 so whatever i was like i'm dead and also well done like you ruined it i know ew (laughs) when they said well done i was like gross oh probably had a good chuckle probably did (laughs) all right so now he's back in his flat he had called his mom again it's unclear whether they were talking like actually conversing or if he was leaving her another message i kind of go back and forth on that one because at first it sounded like a message, but then I was like, well, it could also be a conversation. Because it wasn't as clear as the first time when he was leaving her a message. I agree, but I'm pretty sure based on the first message and then, you know, other clues along the way, I'm going with it was a message also. Right. And if, in fact, it's not Stephen's mom... His mom. <laughs> then who is he talking to? Yeah, who is he talking to? <laughs> or, or and, is it Mark's mom? And she's just like, who is this crazy person calling me? Um, yes, with an accent because Mark doesn't have an accent. Mark is an American. That's right. Yes. Um. So. Yes. No. I thought that as well. I was like, um, but I'm. I had another theory about that, but. Yeah. Either way. I have another theory too, but it I can't talk about it because it relates to a Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll just talk about that one later. Yeah, yep. carry on. Let me get there. All right. So he's back in his flat. He's eating the chocolate that he bought for his date that he no longer, which I'm like, is it vegan chocolate? I'm guessing it's not. So he's just full um, on eating steak, chocolate, 
he's just also, given up the vegan life in one night, apparently. What? When did we still or do or like who buys chocolate for a date? This is why Stephen is precious. I mean, it's like bless I mean, his he heart is, precious. But like, no, who? he's a bless his heart situation. <laughs> I was like, oh, he bought chocolate for his date. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> right. Bless his heart. He knows nothing about dating. Okay. Clearly nothing. I mean, first of all, he was two days late. That's a big no-no. Anyways. So he's eating this chocolate. It falls on the floor. He goes to pick it up. And he notices there's some weird scratches on the on the wooden floor where the table has been moved. He decides to slide the table over. He climbs on top of it, inspects the loose board. Inside the wall is a key to a storage locker and the flip phone. We saw both of these things in the trailer. Uh, there's a lot of missed calls. Almost all of them are from this person named Layla, but there's also one from Duchamp. That's an Easter egg to the comics. Duchamp is Mark's best friend who was also in the desert when Mark was almost killed and who helped drag him into the temple. It's one of his like informants and all sorts of stuff. So maybe that's just a cute little nod. Maybe we'll actually see Duchamp. Well, and it's interesting because in the comics, they really, they call him Frenchie, right? They use his, right. like, he's Jean-Paul Frenchie Duchamp. And so I kind of, I kind of think it's more of a nod because I feel like if he's going to be in the show, they would actually call him Frenchie, but maybe not. Um, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was like, huh, one call from Duchamp. Duchamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, huh. Maybe. I also I have know. another theory about him too, but we'll <laughs> get there we'll get there eventually um so layla calls again and steven answers she calls him mark he's super confused and a voice calls out to steven it's not conchu this time it's mark so if you're following along steven talks with a (laughs) a terrible english accent (laughs) like it's bad um it's very um burnt so bad from mary poppins Maybe slightly less of a mix between Australian and English, um, like Dick Van Dyke did, but definitely not spot on English, like British English accent. So we hear Mark. So we hear Oscar Isaac's normal voice, and it's it's Mark. He's calling to Stephen. Stephen, of course, is like, oh, my God, this is a joke. I'm hallucinating what's happening. But Mark is in the mirror. So watch the mirror. The reflection doesn't move because that's Mark, not Stephen. And of course that freaks Steven out, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't you, we've all watched enough horror movies to know that if your reflection doesn't move when you move, like that's a bad sign. (laughs) Or it moves differently. Absolutely. Like huge red flag (laughs) that you need to get the heck out of there. And that's exactly what Steven does. He hauls tail to the elevator. He's trying to get to the ground floor. Conchu appears in the hallway, stalking towards the elevator. Steven is literally panicking. And an elderly woman enters. Now she's out because, I mean, Stephen's acting crazy in the corner. How did that a woman also not just have a heart attack? Because I would have had a heart attack if I like walked in and this guy was acting super crazy on the floor and is all like. Right. I mean, she's made of tougher stuff, I guess. For sure. For sure. (laughs) And I love her like. I'm getting off on this floor and my person's expecting me. So <laughs> my friends in, here. Don't you follow me because somebody's going to come after you. I was like, I'm dead. <laughs> exactly. So, Worst and, deflection ever, but okay, lady. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was pretty obvious, but you know, it's okay. Hey, 
That's fine. He was looking for a contact. He couldn't see anyway. Yeah. And also, she didn't know he was Stephen and not Mark. So, you know, whatever. Right. The old lady is now off the elevator and in her apartment, her friend's apartment, somebody's apartment. I don't know, whatever. She's away. (laughs) Away from the lunatic in the elevator. Yep. Yep. She's away from the crazy guy in the elevator. And Conchu shows up again. He's standing right behind Mark. Mark freaks out little jerk in reality and all of a sudden he wakes up and he's on a bus sun is shining it seemed like it was nighttime when the stuff with Conchi was happening but mm-hmm. i mean it could have been daytime but it seemed it seemed very night-esque but anyways it's daytime now he's up on the bus he looks out the window and Conchu's standing on the sidewalk in the middle of london that's not you know <laughs> not fun. weird at all not weird at all Stephen, of course, no one else sees him, right? And Stephen's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, hurry up and gets off the bus. And he's, you know, he turns around, but he wasn't on the bus by himself. Arthur Harrow was also on the bus. Because guess what? They're both going to the same place. Stephen's job. Arthur follows him into the museum, tells him he serves Amit. Uh, Stephen calls her the world's first boogeyman. Everywhere, there are Amit followers everywhere, right? We saw them earlier when he was in Germany. Now he's back in London. He's at the museum. He's afraid of Arthur. The security guard's like, nah, bro, I got the scale tattoo because I'm totally a follower of Amit too. So now Arthur grabs him and goes to do that whole judging thing like he we saw him do earlier with that guy and the old lady. But the scales are going crazy. And then we heard that line from the trailer there is chaos in you. And he leaves Stephen alone for now. Mm-hmm. Stephen is still working at his job. Bless him. I think I probably would have just taken the day after that. <laughs> <laughs> but he at stays least. to do inventory. So good on you, Stephen, because you're a better person than I am. That's for sure. I'd have been like, oh, Donna, sick day. Sorry, I got to go. <laughs> Although if somebody was chasing me, I might have stayed because I would have felt more safe in like a public building with lots of well, people. True, fair. I'm just saying. But I mean, knowing that the security guards work for this crazy dude, I don't know well, if I'd want to stay in this public space. That is true. I might have taken the day off and gone to a different public space. That is true. I just not, I wouldn't have gone home. That's all I'm saying. No, that's fair. I definitely wouldn't have stayed into the nighttime to do inventory though oh heck no <laughs> but steven does um outside of crescent moonshine so i love the lunar imagery that we see kind of throughout the mm. show mm-hmm. and you know the crescent moon is the symbol of moon night and also Kachu. he's doing his inventory he's all by himself the lights go out he kind of hears a dog sound and i he's calling for a dog i feel like he thinks it's one of the security dogs or something and then all of a sudden he's being chased by jackals now, those are usually symbols of Anubis, and we said before Anubis and Amit um, kind of went hand in hand as far as judging people are concerned. But these jackals are definitely mean and nasty, very large beasties, as Captain Jack Sparrow would say, and they're after Stephen. So he goes, he's hiding in the bathroom, and Mark is in the mirror going, all right, man, look, I can save us, but you've got to stop fighting me. Just give me control. Steven's freaking out as we all would like it's not real it's not real like smacking himself like wake up this is not real but it's real and Mark is like listen just come on come on just give it to me so 
Stephen reluctantly agrees. The Egyptian hieroglyphics start to glow on the walls. I love that scene. I love this scene. And the jackals burst through. Mark's in the Moon Knight suit. He kills the jackals and he walks out of the bathroom like the bad... Woo, shut your mouth that he is <laughs> and that's the end of episode one of moon Knight. So and good. holy wow <laughs> so it's such a great way to end episode one. Oh my gosh just the suit everything is just so perfect perfect so yeah that's uh that's what happened it was great no no it was it was good I although I will say really love the um start of the next episode too so i can't wait till we record that one next because that's a good one too i mean yes. really they're all good all four of them are great oh my gosh yes and they seem to be following kind of like you know the hawkeye series falcon Winter soldier wandavision it's like every episode is a day or at least it's following a linear time yes frame it's not jumping all over the place we're not doing like the five-year skip aheads or anything crazy like yeah, that only like two days or whatever well, I mean, I guess it depends on how long you sleep. <laughs> right, exactly. But yeah, no, gosh, that Moon Knight. And we see that bit in the trailer when he takes the suit, I don't know, engulfs him, I guess, mm-hmm. in the bathroom. And it's just such a great, a great, great shot. And episode one definitely feels like not only like the the thriller, but definitely tends to lean towards a little bit of horror because there are jump scares and Conchu is not a cute bird thing he is a terrifying like he's terrifying <laughs> i mean he's terrifying in the dark not so much when he's standing on london in like broad daylight but he just looks he's, weird yeah when he's creeping up on you in the darkened hallway like i mean i would be screaming as well <laughs> like clawing I'd probably at the wall pee like... myself <laughs> <laughs> for sure right that's when are we getting that superhero the one who pees themselves because <laughs> freak out so badly <laughs> i feel like if it's gonna be anybody it'd be wait scott does it right yeah he does it in when they yeah. do the time traveling dead he's like baby me or mimi i'm not sure who beat on themselves but one of us did i feel like oh we've got to have a we're gonna have a hero come that's gonna be like that right they're gonna be like oh my god i just paid myself oh my goodness <laughs> we're all gonna be like yay the relatable one right I mean, because truly, like, it's that fight or flight. So you either, like, kick it into high gear and peace out or you pee. <laughs> it's one or the other. Aww. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> are superhero suits padded for accidents? These are the questions we need to know, Kevin Feige. Right? <laughs> How many layers of depends do they fit in there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I mean, I can't, I don't want to discuss theories because we kind of know what happens in the next three. We don't kind of know. We know right, what happens. Right, right. Yeah, it is hard for us to discuss theories because we know. But I'm I'm really good about, if you want to discuss a theory with us, I'm really good at pretending like I don't know. That That is true. <laughs> I we can answer your question theories. and not give you any information. Yeah, That's right. Nay. It's just that you and I can't discuss theories on here. No. We can Until the end of four. We can do that with four because we won't know yet. Yes. But I'm going to say is, like I said at the beginning, if you have the time, and I mean, gosh, we're all nerds. We have the time. Rewatch the episode a few times. 
Mm-hmm. And then Absolutely. once you get episode two, like go back and rewatch them both together and like keep layering it back because I'm telling you, those second and oh, third yes. rewatches, you're going to catch so stuff and you're going to be like, oh my God, especially once four hits, you're going to be, you're really want to, you really are going to want to go back and look at one and going forward and being like, wait a minute, what? I'll be on Disney Plus and you can watch them frame by frame if you want to. Ever and ever. I can't wait. I may or may not have watched it frame by frame. (laughs) I'm looking forward to be able to just watch them over and over again. It's it's so good. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast. Join us next week as we share all the breaking and exciting fandom news. And AKA, that's probably when we'll dish on episode two of Moon Knight, unless, of course, Marvel wants to drop that coveted Thor trailer we've been waiting for. Anyway, Forever. as I'll, I know, right? <laughs> anytime, anytime now, people. Anytime. As always, if you want to see anything that you want to share with us, tag us on Twitter at Whiskey and Sunshine and that Ashley Aaron. Until next time, geeks. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more geeky goodness.